So, five wins in a row, and we have scored the most goals among all the teams in the NHL with 30 in six games. Five wins in a row, Detroit Red Wings. So we're winning the cup then, eh? Welcome to the 29th episode of the Swedish Winger, and as usual, I'm your host, Lars. And on today's episode, we'll be talking about Axel Sandin Pelikas' adventures in the SHL, the start of the season, and the Red Wings team. So, let's start with Axel Sandin Pelikka. 12 games in, and he has 5 goals and 1 assist for 6 points. And I think it wasn't until quite recently he was in on a goal against. And as I've been saying for a long time now with Axel Sandin Pelikka, his brain is his best tool uh, he reads the game so very very well that when you see see him on the ice and i i stated this on twitter as well in all my years watching the the shl i have rarely seen a young defender play like sandin pelika does it's um it's quite the sight because um, he very rarely makes mistakes now that now that he's a year older, he's also a year stronger, so he can actually protect the puck so much better. There was a sequence just uh, against the Rugle where he took on three Rugle players who were who were trying to strip him off the puck, and and they all failed because he basically carried one of them and then pushed the other two off. So what we're seeing from Axel Sandin Pelika here in Sweden right now is something for the history books basically i mean he's on par with what you saw from uh, well they're different players naturally but Moritz Seider when he was here when you saw Rasmus Dalin, Simon Edvinsson those like typically dominant players for their age but i think that Axel Sandin Pelika has another gear in him as well because he's I wouldn't say that he's so much better than Rasmus Dalin was when he was playing in the in the league, but what we're seeing from Axel Sandin Palika is so so very good. He rarely makes mistakes. Um, he scores his goals. He's an awesome shooter. He's uh, passing the puck with with a vision that that is rare for a player of of his age. He's like. Um, a small veteran player, a small veteran D-man with, with hardly any deficiencies. Naturally, his size will be his largest or, well, biggest challenge. But I reckon what we can see from him is that he has become so much thicker. Uh, and um, by becoming that, his his balance is so good. His center of gravity is, is so good that he's becoming very hard to knock off the puck. And he's also very grounded in his in his um, movements uh, that when he's trying to work pucks loose along the boards or when he has the puck along the boards, when he's um, trying to get free from other players trying to strip him of the puck he, he's just so strong that they they have a, a hard time defending against him which is a, a great thing to a great skill to have and uh, what we're seeing is and i can't reiterate this enough what we what we are seeing from axel sunny and Palika is is fairly unique it is um a sight to behold. I hope m- most of you have gotten the uh, the subscriptions to watch the SHL that that has been. Uh, I think 
I think it's ESPN that have them. And uh, if not, by all means, sail the seven seas to find some some kind of stream. Because um, if you're not watching Axel Sunny and Pelika right now, you're missing out. Naturally, he has down games, but all in all, it has looked amazing. He's outshone the um, the defenseman of the year on the same team, Jonathan Pudas. He's playing better than him at the moment, at least. And he's an, a well-established national team player here in Sweden with the, with the, as a right-shot D-man. So, great news coming out of Sweden for, for Axel Sandin and Palika. And Liam Dove Nilsson has also had a hot start for... For Björklöven in Hockey Svenskan with uh, 10 games, 8 goals and 4 assists for 12 points. Same as Pelika, many of those goals have come on the power play, but he's also playing well. Naturally, Hockey Svenskan is a lesser league than the SHL, but it's not by that much. And Björklöven is one of the best teams in Hockey Svenskan, so Liam Dove Nilsson is doing really well. And then we have Theodor Niederbach, who started quite strong, playing one or two line minutes and uh, I think he's petered off a little bit but so has the team he's playing for Modo Hockey so in 12 games he's still stuck on three three assists um, and uh, I think he needs to pick it up a bit and start producing a bit more unless he's going to start dropping down the the lineup somewhat and then we have Anton Juhans on the right shot D-man from Lexans EF. In 12 games he has one goal and one assist. He's been stuck on that for a while as well. I reckon um, he's more of a work in progress, but you can actually see the growth from last season to this season. And uh, he's an interesting one. More of a long shot. He's still a bit raw, but um, we should be optimistic. I think we have reason to be optimistic about oh, well, more or less all of them. Theodor Niederbach is starting to come up in age uh, a little and maybe we shouldn't write him off but we have to be realistic as well he's 21 years old now and he's struggling to produce in the shl so we'll see where that ends up but i reckon he has qualities he might be an ahler coming over he could be a swedish taro hirose for example but um, massive long shot on on theodor Niederbach. as for detroit's hot start and the, the roster we have I think we're watching like Steve Eiserman's Seven Samurai or something here. Because unless you've seen the Seven Samurai, that probably makes little sense to you. But that's basically, you have a village who finds these masterless ronin samurai who um, they reckon they could pay with food to protect them. And that's basically what I reckon we are seeing with Detroit Red Wings as, as we are pulling in these mercenary or, or ronin type players. And uh, putting them all together into a team where everybody has something to prove. And everybody's playing for each other, basically. And, and it's coming out well. We have NHL quality basically on all lines. Now that uh, Fabry and, and Kostin is, is injured, or are injured, we have Sarnik and they promoted uh, Barigrian for the fourth line. But, well, they're playing 10 to 13 minutes a game, but... All in all, we have so much quality, and with the first line, well, they're not clicking, they're on fire, aren't they? So, um, I would like to see more goals from Lucas Raymond, but I think he's doing well in the in the games. He's just a bit snake bit right now, because he had a couple of good chances. One of them hit the inside of the, 
of the pad of the goalie. Um, was it Corpusolo? Yeah, Corpusolo saved them, I think. Well, he had two two shots that that were saved. One of them went through the um, through the legs and hit the inside of the pad and went out, and the other one was gloved. So he's playing well. He's just not pu- putting the pucks in the net, but um, I think he's looking good. He has uh, some nice passes, some nice assists. Easy to to pick the assists up because he had three in three in the same game versus uh, Calgary. But all in all, I think we're we're kind of set for the first line now, and I think the second line is doing very well as well with with Cop, Comfer, and and Rasmussen. So there's not room, in a way, for a bad again unless you put him on the third or fourth line. And I got some pushback because I, I said that promoting Barigrian and putting him on the fourth is a choice. And that's because he's not a fourth line type player. I think he would do more good playing on the uh, on the third line, and uh, you could put like Peron on the fourth because I don't think he. He doesn't add that much on the in the five-on-five play, and I think he's more of a specialist at his age. I, I've said this before, but uh, if you want to add or promote Jonathan Bergen from from Grand Rapids, I reckon that play him in as, playing him as a fourth liner, then you could you could have promoted Zach Aston Reese instead or another grinder type player. Because if you put a playmaker with two players that are basically black holes offensively, I don't know what you expect Jonathan Bergen to do unless you're trying to make him play more defensively, more responsible in his own zone and such. Which could be, like, developmental-wise, not a bad idea to teach him more discipline. But, um, I don't know. I would rather see him find his legs in, in the AHL with the with the other prospects than watching him sitting on the fourth line playing just a couple of minutes. Because um, I think he's earned it. I think he should be playing more. But as the team is winning and as we're playing, I think the AHL is the spot for him. But again, I think we we have like this this squad that is a, a gang of mercenaries more or less. And as I said, the Seven Samurai. The story of the Seven Samurai is that uh, it's the same as the Magnificent Seven. I reckon it's that at the end of it all, most of the the samurai drop to the wayside. They they die or leave, and the victory belongs to the the peasants and the city. That is what it will be for. For Detroit as well. Many of these players won't be around when we are actually contending a couple of years from now. Some will be rotated out as early as as before the next season. But in terms of what we have right now, I reckon, and I said this in the previous episode, that I wouldn't be that surprised if we actually made the playoffs. I reckon that positions between Two and seven in our division are pretty much interchangeable, and um, I said that I reckon Tampa and Florida might might miss the playoffs. And um, by the looks of it, Tampa has struggled. They have uh, plenty of goals against, but uh, I I'm quite I I don't feel that that take is that bad. I reckon that. If both Florida teams miss, it won't be that much of a surprise to me. I also said on Twitter that I reckon that Seattle Kraken will be the the big negative surprise 
of the season in the NHL. And as we speak right now, I reckon they have three points. I don't think they've won a game yet. I think Seattle Kraken and San Jose are the only two teams with zero victories. But don't take my word for that. I think that it, it was like that just a couple of days ago at least. And as it's early in the season, I know it's kind of fun to look at the stats line anyways. Just to see like Ghostis Bear is doing pretty well with six points in six games. We have Norris candidate Justin Hall uh, with a plus nine rating and three apples. Jake Wallman is at one goal and, and two assists as well. So all in all, it's it's looking good. I'm a little bit surprised that Michael Rasmussen is isn't scoring as much considering the line he's on but I also think that line has taken a lot of defensive responsibilities playing against um, our opposing team's top line which means that scoring goals is not their main objective rather than stifling our opponent's offensive game so eventually that might come we know he has the qualities and I like that he's so much more aggressive than than he was uh, previously uh, he's always had that edge but i think he's been more ordinary during the games now that than than i reckon he was before he's always had that always had that that serial killer look but now he's matching that with the some kind of a barbarian uh, temper as well which uh, brady kachuk got the uh, got the taste of so all in all i think we're we have an impressive team it's the it's the bottom pairing for the the defense that is a bit iffy but it's not to a point where it actually cracks the whole team i don't know if we've faced that much of a challenge considering yes ottawa was uh, also undefeated until they they faced detroit but it's going to be interesting to see them play teams with a with a wider range of skills like like a toronto who, who by all means have started slowly but they have the qualities or what will happen if we we play the the vegas golden knights or or teams like that dallas will be an interesting test as well but uh, i think we need to enjoy this while it lasts and hope that it lasts for way longer but by the quality we have in our team, I reckon we should be able to sustain this. Maybe not the the production in the uh, the special teams or or win just every game beyond the first one. I don't think we'll win 81 games. But as we're playing right now, and I, I've said this during the Babcock era and the Blashill era, that we're playing boring and low event hockey. And I've said that I won't want to like I want I want the Trot Red Wings to play hockey like Liverpool plays football where you have this high pressure high tempo type tactic that puts your opponent on their heels and uh, that's exactly what we've been doing these first six games of this season there's not much dump and chase there's it's a high tempo but with the control of the puck same as Liverpool keeps control of the football so as a viewer it's also entertaining while being our team winning so it's not like watching the 90s new jersey devils that was about as fun as watching paint dry but uh, it's entertaining and it's effective and we're winning so the only like downsides or or really 
bad things that are going on with the team right now is that Robbie Fabry is out for a month after playing just one game. Maybe we shouldn't be surprised, but I just feel bad for him because he has NHL player qualities, but he just can't stay healthy. It's always something that's it's just one thing after another. And then we have a couple of players that I don't reckon have have played their best. Jeff Petrie, Oli Matta, and Ben Trout. I reckon they all can play better than they have. But it's also like there will be a point during this season where Simone Edvinson, uh, William Valinder, or Albert Johansson will be knocking on the door. And, and uh, unless they're playing better by then, I think we'll see a couple of the young kids playing. Also, Klim Kostin, as, as physical as he is, I don't think he has performed like... I hoped he would because it's easy to just listen to the what other other people say about a player and then you look at the highlights and you can see the the skill there in some choice plays that are on, on the YouTube highlights and so far I haven't seen much of that skill. I hope it's there. I hope he can contribute more than just uh, crashing, banging and fighting but uh, it's also very nice to have one of those type players. Christian Fischer, he had a wicked wicked assist for for the gold just the other day but um he's also one of those ordinary type players where he's always finish, finishing his checks he's probably very frustrating to play against but offensively he's not contributing that much but same thing there there will be a couple of these guys who are swapped out eventually as the team gets better there we're gonna have players that are pushed out from the bottom two lines where hopefully if everything goes well we'll have forwards from from grand rapids claiming their spots or at least have someone that comes in with a higher quality same as basically as daniel sprong is an upgrade from dominic balik we'll see players like pushed their way into the team and I, I think that if Jonathan Bergen can take a couple of steps this season I think he'll be one of those players. I think Carter Mazer and I think Elmer Söderblom could be those those players but I think the the changing of the guard needs to be measured and, and fairly slow so we don't fall back into to old sins because that would be that that would mean that next season we're we're taking a step back rather than continuing on this trajectory forward so now i would like to see some some uh, changes eventually but this team as we're rolling right now it's so fun to watch it's so good to i mean I, i've been a f- supporter of, of detroit red wings since the late 80s I've been there for all these these Stanley Cups, the the disappointments, the the crashed limousine, everything. So watching us take a turn for the better after what feels like forever, because we were circling the drain for a fairly long time. We were stumbling or limping into the playoffs just to be eliminated. We had quality players on a handful of positions, but the rest of the team were was just not good enough to see us starting off the season this good gives such an optimism it's uh, it, it rekindles the joy of being a red wing supporter and not just the the constant like who's the next prospect how's the draft looking i'm looking forward to the day that i don't have to bother with many like draft scenarios i'm always going to be interested in prospects but 
looking at like who can we pick at this lowly position where we were at. I'm looking forward to not having to bother with that until at least February, maybe even March. So looking at that, it's it's interesting. It, it, it's um. It's a rekindling of an old feeling, if I put it that way. To have, like, the fandom being positive at 100% basically positive now. Which it hasn't been for, for a couple of years. And if it is the way that, I mean, we, it could just peter out and we'll, we'll fall back into oblivion and we'll play worse. But we'll always have these six games, right? Where we pushed New Jersey to the limit, where we maybe should have won. And then the five games in a row we won now. So it feels strange just sitting here like talking Red Wings and being this positive. But I have this sneaking suspicion that we would be better than than expected this season. So for me it's not a complete surprise, but it's a welcome one. Uh, a welcome feeling to just have these... Um, these five games to smile over for a while. In other interesting prospect news, um, Dalibor Dvorsky, who was one of the players many of us were looking for Detroit to draft, were sent from Oskarshamn, who has started the season horribly poor. Uh, and um, Dalibor Dvorsky, he was benched in two or three games in a row. And naturally, that was not a sustainable position for him. So... He moved to the Sudbury Wolves in the OHL, so he's not in the SHL anymore. That does not mean by any stretch of the imagination that he's a bust, but um, he will probably not have as straight of a line into the NHL as, as some predicted. A player that I really liked from drafts past, Jonathan Lekremek, on the other hand, is looking like an awesome pick for, for the Vancouver Canucks. He's currently sitting at 12 games played with seven goals and three assists for 10 points and those goals have been quite the goals you could just search for him on on twitter or on youtube you could use the the shl uh, or tv4 accounts on on twitter to find some of his highlights and they're they're quite the shots he seems to be able to like it doesn't matter where the puck enters his like radius if it's a slightly ahead or slightly behind or a perfect pass he can whip it anyway so he'll just adjust his uh, stick position and and score anyways and it, it it's an amazing shot it looks really really good so as we, i was going to record a couple of days ago but uh then we have had that tragic terrorism uh, event in 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 Brussels in Belgium with the European qualification round between Belgium and Sweden in in, in football where um, a terrorist sought out and killed Swedish citizens Swedish fans he killed two of them and and one is still in the hospital which kind of made me not that inspired to record, but I did ask for questions, so I'll run through them now. The first question is from uh, Billy Sims at Don't Give Up So Easy. Is ASP on pace to make the team out of camp next season? He looks too poised and it's just too good not to. I'm not sure. I think that there has to be some kind of tactics here or some kind of shenanigans to make this work because I think we need to stagger 
our defensive prospects into the systems or into the franchise so we don't have entry-level deals expiring all at the same time and we can't promote them all if they make the team all at the same time so i think they might leave him for for another season beyond this in the shl before they bring him over i don't think that's a bad idea sure they could put him over and and have him in grand rapids but he's learning from some of the best in this the shl now uh, jonathan pudas being one of them a right shot national team defenseman so i wouldn't say that i'm certain he'll make the team next year he has the qualities of that i'm sure well not maybe make detroit red wings but make a first pairing grand rapid griffin so it all depends on how they think they need to develop him but um, i think there will be some kind of tactics here to make this work in an in an optimal fashion scott stevens at cinema ace who are the three european prospects that are most likely to make the nhl if we then disregard everyone who's already in the organization in the ahl or such i reckon that axel sanin palika is the the given answer here and i think marco kasper is the the second one and i think simone edvinson is the third one but all those are quite easy i think you should all keep an eye out for noah dovnilson liam's younger brother whom we picked this draft at uh, the third round and 73rd overall he's been uh, rehabbing his um, surgically fixed shoulder but he's a very interesting prospect if he just can become a little more versatile more useful in more situation i think he's a very interesting player antonio Watson is a long shot liam dovnilson a long shot and theodore niedebach is even further a long shot but there are qualities there that could become interesting if they develop properly or they take like these quantum leaps in Theodor Niederbach's case I think a quantum leap might be necessary Liam Dovnilsson might be a guy that you bring on over to see what he can produce in the AHL because sometimes some guys produce better on the smaller eye surface than they do in Sweden so he might be one of those guys you never know the darkest of dark horses here is probably Dmitry Bushelnikov considering he where he plays and um, the national well the global situation with the the genocide in Ukraine and and uh, what happens in Russia there was just a couple of days ago Vladimir Putin said to the um, minister of sports that they had to start convincing the younger players to stay at home both in football and ice hockey so they don't leave which is really bad news for everyone who has Russian prospects there might be a day where we'll see the same type of defections we saw with Alexander Mogilny, Pavel Beren and uh, Sergei Fedorov and um, we'll see it's a it's a shaky situation in Russia right now and it's a horrible situation in Ukraine so so I expanded a bit on Scott Stevens question Craig at Red Wing Craig do you watch a lot of NHL outside the wings if so what teams and players are your favorite to watch I watch probably if you ask my wife way too much hockey basically if you ask anyone I watch way too much hockey favorite teams i always had a soft spot for the buffalo sabers and that goes back to where when i was younger and uh, well they had alexander mogilny pat lafontaine they are 
blue and yellow, which are fantastic colors for a Swede. I also like, right now I like to watch the New Jersey Devils. Jesper Bratt is a prospect from my team, the team I support, OIK. So I enjoy watching them. Elias Pettersson in Vancouver is, is fun to watch, although I don't reckon Vancouver is that great of a team. Toronto I watch at times because I hope they fail miserably. Now, I watch a lot of hockey. Sometimes I, I scan through old games that I've missed, but uh, last Sunday I think I watched five or six games, like back to back, because they were staggered during the day with Hockey Svenskan. Uh, SHL and NHL so that was fun so if I if I pick outside Detroit I will do Sabres Devils Canucks yeah that's basically it Toronto if I if I hope they'll lose and what's up Griffins at what's up Griffins asks any thought on Leon Dover Nielsen season so far yeah I reckon I've, I've answered that during the episode he's been doing uh, he's been doing good eight goals is not half bad We'll see where it ends up. He's uh, he's a pivotal part of the Bjorkneven team. He plays both uh, first line and first power play, so he's doing well. It would be so cool to see both him and his brother play in in Grand, Rap- in Grand Rapids shortly. It would be awesome. It's just such a hell of a story. Uh, they they lost their mother early to, to cancer, so that's a story that Max Boltman has reported on and. Uh, it would be such a, a feel-good story if they could could make it together. And that's basically all I had for this episode. I'll try to get another episode in sooner rather than later. And now my dog woke up and here she comes. So, until next time, catch you later. <laughs>